Hello, podcast listeners. This is Daniel Friedlander, and this is the Nintendo Podcast, or LithCast, episode 49 for April 25th, 2009. podcast listeners as previously stated this is daniel friedlander from lithcast.com and um, this is lithcast episode number 49 you um almost could call this the lost episode and i'll explain that in a bit but anyways today's um, excuse me april 25th uh, 2009 been a lot of time since last lithcast i'm not going to bother with excuses let's just get right down to the nintendo business of the day or the week or whatever time interval we're talking here. Um, I mentioned that it, you could call this episode almost the lost episode. And I think that is pretty accurate. Um, it's funny. Um, a lot of you had mentioned to me, Oh, DS cube. You haven't made a podcast in quite a while. And it's true. I, I have been known to not do podcasts for a while. Actually, I actually sad to say it. This is the first podcast of 2009 so it's a little bit hard to believe, at least for me. And uh, anyway, it actually really isn't. And the reason I say that this was the lost episode is because I actually had, gosh, it must have been a month or two months ago, had recorded an episode 49 and never finished it. Now, I've never, I mean, I usually do these lithcasts all in one sitting. So I'm I'm sitting here and probably in an hour or two hours, I'll be done with everything. And, you know, I'm, I, I'm, you know, I've set aside the time to do it all in one sitting. I don't come back, stop, and you know, start again. I could do that, but it's I think a little bit more disjointed. And people have said, "DSQ, you know, DSQ, you're you're already." I'm. I think people would agree. I'm already known to uh, go off on tangents enough without having separated the episodes, so or without separate uh, recording times. At any rate, um, the reason I didn't finish was because I was going to go. I was talking about a story on thehylia.com and uh, as as you might know I, of course I run lithcast.com and I also um am I mean I don't own but I do write all I do do all the Zelda stuff for thehylia.com um I guess traffic wise the most popular Zelda site in the world now but I think people have said like oh it's cuz of the anime and it's 
I don't control the anime, so you know what? I'm not going to get into that. But the Hylia does have an anime downloads section, anime.thehylia.com. Not going to speak to its legality. I have no control over it. The owners choose to make money however they want. And it is long, as long as I don't, as long as, <laughs> as long as they leave me out of it, because um, I, I question the actual, the if not the legality, at least the morals of it. So anyway, that's neither here nor there. So I run the highly and I went to go look at a story on there and I noticed, oh my goodness, it's been hacked. It must have been a month or two months of our most recent news had been deleted. Apparently what had happened was, I mean, I didn't know this at the time, at, at the time, see, because the first, the first instinct is that, okay, they found some sort of, well, they found some sort of exploit or, or the, the second thing is that they've found my, they've gotten my password. Now I, I have a pretty secure password. I mean, I use, you know, I randomize my passwords and everything. And so I thought, oh, geez, this is really a problem. They must've been trying to brute force this for a long time and they managed to get it somehow because I don't know, they, they care. Well, apparently it wasn't actually my account that they had gotten a password to Mike, Mike Damiani, uh, you might know him as TSA. Uh, he's kind of, he's kind of like, he, he used to run the highlight. He's kind of a, I don't know if you want to call him a celebrity in the Nintendo community, but he's, he's quite, he's quite a, he's quite a, he's quite a character. I mean, not a character. He's just accomplished life. He's got a lot of speed run records in Zelda and um, it's quite an, an amazing person, but he used to run the Hylia and he had an account which he's not using anymore because he isn't running it. He's working at game trailers now. And, um, you know, he also runs, I don't know if he's, I don't think he's still actively involved with uh, Zentendo.com. But anyway, he has an account at the Hylia and evidently it was never deleted. And so like someone's got, someone got his password, started deleting all this sorts of most recent news we had to restore from a backup. It didn't work though because the backup wasn't recent enough. I mean, this is the thing. I mean, when you don't own the the cert, when you don't have the control, I mean, I can only do so much. But the thing is, and this is really something that look, I'm not gonna get on my get on a um, huge tangent here because I, I do remember where I where I was in relation to the story. But one thing I will say is that not having control over the servers and such, it's really kind of a pain. Because here's the thing, I mean, the guys that own the site, look, they are they are putting up the anime content and whatnot, but I'm the one who was writing up all these Zelda articles. And this is like work that was really important to me. And actually there was a backup. There actually is a backup tool I could have used, but I'm assuming that these guys are running a site that like, that's got an Alexa trend rank of like in the 30 thousands. I'm assuming that they're run. they are running a production site here. And I'm assuming they're doing backups at least to the degree that I'm doing backups that we're doing backups at Lithcast. But no, I mean, they do like monthly backups and they get, keep getting overwritten. And this was really a pain. So what I ended up doing is I went through the you know Google caches and MSN caches and whatnot and reposted everything. But it was a real pain. And then, of course, we had to delete Mike Damiani's account and um, um, whatever. I changed my password just in case. But you never you never know with these sort of things. So anyway, that's what interrupted. I, I, I was basically going to the Hylia and... I just looked and I saw, oh my goodness, I mean, the highlight has been hacked. <laughs> I better stop the podcast and, you know, get on this because, I mean, I was, I guess, anyway. Um, so with the Hylia though, so that, that's what, like I say, that's why Lithcast 49 is the last episode. There actually is another recording of Lithcast 49 that is about halfway completed. And I guess I'll never be releasing that, but you know, what's the point? Why would I, why would I bother releasing it? 
Um, one thing that was kind of nice about Lithcast 49 is I got to go over a speculative piece that I wrote for uh, the Hylia and also for Lithcast. It's on the main page of Lithcast.com right now. I haven't been updating the homepage, and I mean, I'll tell you why in a second when we go over the Lithcast news. Um, but with regard to um, what I said, talked about in the episode <clears throat> was this GDC article where I sort of speculated that they would talk about a new Zelda. On the other hand, though, I actually, I actually also speculated. I mean, to me, this seemed like a no-brainer that they would develop, that they would show off um, uh, Wii Motion Plus, especially because Satoru Iwata's keynote was called "Discovering New Development Opportunities," and you know, it caught me off guard. But regard, but they didn't really say anything about Wii Motion Plus. Didn't talk Wii Motion Plus in the least. But I just would have thought at a keynote, you know, geared towards game developers. Of course, um, anyway, so as a keynote geared towards game developers, I would have thought that they would have something that was, well, something that game developers could potentially utilize. And I think Wii Motion Plus fits the bill and you know, fits just what the doctor ordered. Um, but regard, but look, it's up to them what they want to release. Um, and at the time I thought, well, look, they're going to show off a new Zelda. And, uh, and I look, I mean, I, I wrote this and I knew it was completely speculative. I mean, I had a few, I had a few, I think halfway decent points to say it, um, for, as for why, um, but it's not an important article because we know what happened to GDC at this point. Um, uh, but you know, I basically just, I had a few points when I talked about how, you know, for example, Miyamoto had said one thing, a few, was maybe it was last year, about how GDC really wouldn't, or how E3 wouldn't be the right place to announce Zelda. And I thought, well, that doesn't necessarily mean that you can't see it before then. And of course, Miyamoto doesn't call all the shots, but still, I mean, it doesn't mean you won't see it before then. And I think a lot of the reason is that E3 is becoming less and less popular, though actually I'm going to talk a little bit about E3 later on in the podcast. You never, you never know. So before I get into the Lithcast news, I'm just going to talk a little bit about what the song you just were listening to was. Of course, um, hopefully they won't complain about this, but at the Hylia, one one group of people I've grown to be very uh, fond of and very close to are the guys at, over at Zelda Reorchestrated, or Z-R-E-O Music.com. And they do a really cool service. And I, I, um, I talked about, I've talked about them on previous episodes of Lithcast, saying that what they basically try to do is they go through, they're trying to go through every single Zelda game, it seems, and try to orchestrate. Um, they don't use real orchestras, I don't believe. I mean, I think they just use real, I mean, what I was told is they use very good um, instrument instruments that they, you know, you've got to purchase these sorts of things, usually in packs, and they're not particularly inexpensive. They're, they're not particularly cheap or whatever. whatever. They're, they are not something that the average person would be able to simply afford just for their own for 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 fun um but these people are very serious about what they do the guys over at zelda reorchestrated and they do great stuff uh zreo music.com and of course they're now affiliated very heavily with uh, zentendo.com mike damiani's site so there's another sort of tie there um anyway they very very you know always quick they came up with a a two uh tracks for the Legend of Zelda Spirit Tracks. Now, the Legend of Zelda Spirit Tracks, I imagine most of you know what it is, but since I haven't mentioned it yet, I guess I'll just quickly mention what it is. Um, at GDC, they did, in fact, at the Game Developers Conference, 
announce a new Zelda title for the Nintendo DS. Initially, I had thought, um, I mean, I was a little bit surprised. And what it is, is it, it is a, I assume, a sequel. I mean, it is to Phantom Hourglass, which is a sequel to Wind Waker. So it's sort of, it is, it is in the same sort of um, vein. It is also a cel-shaded game, and it is for the DS. Um, a lot of people have been giving it, well, I mean, just in the Zelda community, I think a lot of people have been giving it kind of a hard time, but we're, we're going to talk a little bit about Spear Tracks a little bit more later. But anyway, Nintendo revealed not very much, even on their press website, there is not even a a, a, um, a placeholder for Spear Tracks with it, no art, no, and not nothing. There is a trailer available on Nintendo's press site, but and you can view that anywhere. I'll, I guess I'll, I'll link to it in the show notes. Um, I'll, I'll link to, I mean, anything that's Zelda related, I guess I'll link to the Hylia's page on it because we've, um, we, we've got all the, we've got plenty of Spirit Tracks stuff. Anyway, Nintendo's revealed a, um, this Zelda game coming out for the DS due out by year's end in, I think at least by in, in North America. So, and it's, it's called Spirit Tracks. It, it centers around a train. One, it's around train travel as in, it seems that the boat that you might've used in Wind Waker or in Phantom Hourglass has been now replaced by a train. And it's un, it's unknown whether or not all, you know, all the details. In fact, Spirit Tracks itself is actually a tentative title. And we don't, of course, know the release date either of this game, except to say that it is that we know it's before the end of the year. So there's a lot we don't know. And in, like I say, Nintendo has been very, they've showed it and that we know what we know is for the DS. But um, really, they haven't said all that much about Spirit Tracks. Um, and so Zelda Reorchestrated, always, always quick, have taken have made a legend of zelda spirit tracks trailer uh remix which is what i played um it is a, it is a little more orchestral than the actual trailer of course if you see the actual trailer which will be in the show notes um you'll it's kind of interesting it might if you haven't seen it already it's it's worth looking at because i mean it's a little bit funny but um and then they've also have a spirit tracks uh trailer soundscape which is something like that uh zreo uh zelda reorchestrated does and they're pretty neat. So I, since I didn't ask them for permission to actually use this on the podcast, the song, though I don't think they have a problem with it because I have it embedded on the Hylia and they haven't complained about it. But I think I, I think if I just give them a plug, uh, Z R E O music, I've already dot com. I've already said it three times. So, um, um, hopefully they, hopefully they will forgive me. Um, very, very cool guys over at Z R E O and. Like I said, we've mentioned them before, especially because I was told they were, were relying on the Hylia.com for their soundtracks, and the Hylia's soundtracks didn't work. And I was thinking, okay, now I've got to go on. I'm on a mission. I've got to put the Zelda soundtracks on Lithcast.com. They now are on Lithcast.com, but not all of them, only a few. But now the Hylia is fixed. So you can now go to the Hylia.com and just click, just click Zelda soundtracks up at the top left. And you're good. All the soundtracks are working pretty much. So, oh, well, at least, at least we got it fixed. That's, that's all that matters to me. Um, so let's see, there's probably some other stuff we want to talk about, right? I mean, it's only been what, 15 minutes into the podcast. Um, let's see where to, where to begin, where to begin. Well, I suppose we were talking about Spirit Tracks. So let's talk about Spirit Tracks. That is probably one of the biggest stories to come out since the last podcast. 
Um, of course, as I mentioned, Satoru Iwata at GDC 2009, the Game Developers Conference in San Francisco, announced a new Zelda for the Nintendo DS due out by the end of the year in North America. Now, like I say, Nintendo's been putting out very... In fact, they haven't put any information out there for, for press or anything. Um, you know, it, as evidenced by, if you go to the Hylia.com's media section, you see all we have is the logo, and that was sort of ripped off of the trailer, and that's only because I just want to have something there. But basically, there's nothing. Of course, as soon as something is available, we'll, I'm sure we'll, we'll, I'll be sure to let you know, but um, for now, nothing really. And so the thing about Zelda Spirit Tracks, and so much stuff has been, I mean, people have really gone at this trailer. Um, over at the highlight, we posted something that, that talked about Mike Damiani again, TSA. Like I said, he works for game trailers, and he worked on a, um, you know, IGN does these sorts of things, game trailers. I think IGN calls them like the the rewind and they call it pop blocks at game trailers. And it's kind of a neat little thing. Basically what it is is that the trailer's playing in the background, then every so often, you know, a little declaration or a little it talks about um um I mean it it mentions a lot of things that maybe you don't notice because they'll they'll pause through the trailer and game trailers, the one that Mike Mike Damiani, they did an amazing job of what I mean, I will I'll link to it um in the show notes, but it's really a very neat little video. And but because if you're someone that really likes to nitpick at these trailers or you want to get every little bit of information, I mean, this is this is where you're going to get it from, is from these Pop Blocks trailers because Mike Damiani has done an amazing job. And, of course, it's up at the Hylia and it'll be in the show notes. Um, um, see, it's funny. I, I, I'm talking a lot about Zelda, of course, because it's a big story, but... Um, this is sort of just the, the nature of the beast. Uh, when you work at the when you work at the Hylia and you're posting every little thing... Um, related to Zelda, you're going to, I mean, most of the news I'm, I'm deliberately searching for is Zelda news. So a lot of Zelda news I don't want to tell you about because a lot of it's stupid, but, <laughs> but, um, you know, it's all, it's, it's, it's all up there. So with spirit tracks, um, it's been getting a lot of criticism. Of course, a lot of people, of course, people have mixed feelings about Phantom Hourglass. People even have mixed feelings about Wind Waker. Although I think in general, people tended to like Wind Waker. I certainly liked Wind Waker and I wasn't even, um, you know, it wasn't, so I mean, I, I liked Wind Waker perfectly fine, so it was, it's not a big deal, but I gotta be honest, I really did not like Phantom Hourglass, um, and so I think a lot of people have had a few concerns about Zelda, um, and I'll tell you, a f- I'll go through a few of them, and I'll just give you my opinion, of course, my opinion, take it for what it's worth, it's, I, you know, whatever, um, the, f- the first thing is about uh, Spirit Tracks is, you know, people say it's a, it's a, it's like Phantom Hourglass, and of course there are things about Phantom Hourglass that people didn't like. I mean, if you ask me, I think anything. I think Zelda. I think, I think a Phantom Hourglass game would be good. In fact, actually, all I'm really looking for in Spirit Tracks, and I've got low expectations, just give me Phantom Hourglass without that stupid temple, that stupid hub system, where I keep coming back to that, to that temple, because that was the most annoying thing in the world. I just had to keep redoing the same levels over and over again. It was, I felt like very constrained. I don't like this idea of having time constraints either in games. And that's just my personal preference. And I'm not sure if, if Zelda Spirit Tracks is going to be like that. But I think the Fam Hourglass really could have been a really great game. And in fact, it's not a bad game. I mean, let's not kid, let's not kid ourselves here. There are far worse games in the world than Phantom Hourglass. But I think that if you would just give me, this is just Daniel Friedlander's request. If you just give me a game that is Phantom Hourglass minus that stupid temple, I'm, I'm good with that. And 
I think we're going to see a lot more. The other question was, and of course this was brought up in the pop blocks for GameTrailers.com, was are we going to be seeing a, I mean, you see you're taking the train. Are you, are you stuck on the train? Um, or can, because there seem to be like animals that kind of walk around outside the train. So can you actually get off the train and explore the actual, the actual world in addition to just going from place to place to place? Um, I don't really know for a fact. I think just the fact that there's animals there could, it could, it could really be meaningless, but, um, certainly, uh, it, I mean, it's not a big deal to me, like I, like I say, but, and then the other thing was, and this is sort of the big one. I think a lot of people, I mean, you look at any top 10 list of that. I've just, I mean, I can't. I mean, so many of the stories that I see that are Zelda related, because okay, I've got I've got RSS feeds that I, I use to help me get news together for the Hylia. So many of the stories I see that I don't put up because it's just like I, I get so bored of these stories are top 10 lists of the top 10 things that Nintendo needs to do this year or the top 10 things Nintendo needs to do to Zelda. I mean, everyone's got a sort of an opinion of, of it, but basically you look at it and you think, Okay, well, the only way they're going to do this is if they do it with a Wii Zelda. And the other thing is, on these top 10 lists that say the top 10 things Nintendo needs to do this year, almost all of them say, well, we need a new Mario or a new Zelda, or both. And a lot of people have said, well, okay, does this does having a DS Zelda eliminate the possibility of having a, a Wii Zelda? Well, I mean, it's hard to say. Um, and of course, I don't personally... I'll just say I'll, I'll say this. Personally, I don't think so. Um, I'm not trying to get anyone's hopes up, and by no means am I saying that you should expect a Wii Zelda. But I would say also that it it is always it is a possibility. I'm just give you a quick example. Um, look at Twilight Princess. Twilight Princess came out um, November you know release date of the Wii November nineteenth two thousand and six. And then take Phantom Hourglass. Phantom Hourglass came out a little bit later. It came out October first here in North America, and then came out in June of 2007 in Japan. So really let's let's just use the Japanese date because that's the, we'll just use the earliest release. Now, um I just think that it's not impossible for them to work on these two these two games uh, DS and Wii. And I think a lot of the I think also um and this is sort of where it gets into e, the E3 thing. Now Miyamoto did say that maybe E3 wouldn't be the right place to reveal a Zelda. I I I can't I can't say that we're that I mean I, I can't I'd be remiss if I didn't acknowledge that Miyamoto himself said that E3 might not be the best place to show off a new Zelda if they if they wanted to but maybe it would be I mean I don't know I mean these you just I mean you know Iwata said people don't want online games I mean it and while Wi-Fi connection in many people's eyes is hardly online it is well online games so it's hard to say really that you can ever take them at their word. You know, things change too. Um, Nintendo has just had their, a, a slump in Wii sales and they probably, I'm not sure they thought this, but they have really been, you know, the king. I mean, they, but they were, they, they've been, they were beaten out by the PS3 in Japan. Their sales have been slumping a little bit on the Wii. I mean, look, they're, 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 they're doing better than probably most companies in the economy, but at this point, but, I would also say that they have to realize that they're not 
They can't, they can't just keep selling Wii's and expect that look, they can, they, they can't, I mean, in the face of all the price cuts Microsoft puts out in the face of far superior online play in the face of games that really are quite deep that are coming out from these other companies, I just don't see Nintendo being able to kind of sit back and relax. And of course I've been saying this, I mean, for a year now. And of course I've, I can admit the fact that it's been working out for Nintendo quite well. So, um, you know, who am I to say that they can't keep doing sort of what they're doing? But anyway, what I guess I would, what I'd also say is that E3 this year is going to be quite interesting. Um, Nintendo last year by anyone's, well, pretty, yeah, pretty much anyone's, um, um, uh, sense did not do particularly well. In fact, no, let's just be honest. They, 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 they did an awful job at E3 08 and it is, I mean, it is quite, I mean, I saw an interview recently. It's also on the highway, <laughs> of course, uh, of uh, Jeff Keeley from GameTrailers.com was talking to Reggie Fisame at um, GDC. And he was saying, well, okay, look, Reggie, are we going to see something big at E3? Because, I mean, really, Nintendo needs to get their act together. I mean, they must be sitting on, I mean, they're sitting on, they must be sitting on a whole bunch of money. I mean, in fact, look at their balance sheet. I read an article the other week in, I think last weekend in Barron's talking all about how much excess cash they have in addition, of course, to the, and I, I'm thinking, I really hope they're putting some of this towards game development because I mean, last year's E3 showing was really pathetic. And I really just would hope that they're going to be trying to knock it out of the park this year because, um, for one, I think people are just going to be expecting, more out of them. The Wii sales are, are starting to slump. I don't think that's because of lack of Wii fits. I mean, maybe it is, but um, I really think Nintendo needs to start delivering these these core titles. I mean, it almost it's almost like, I, for example, I remember before the Wii came out, I was really excited about Nintendo, and I said, well, you know, it's really it's really great. I mean, and, and it, when Nintendo became like the number one seller of of consoles this generation. You know, it was sort of like, it was a moment of like almost, I don't know, I would say it's pride or what, because it's just a company, right? But, and it's not a company like that I work for or anything, but it was almost like, you know, I remember not being like, I mean, I really didn't like Sony fans <laughs> in the last generation. I, Microsoft fans were a little, I, I liked them okay, but I just remember this having this really interesting kind of, kind of pride in the fact that Nintendo was the best selling console manufacturer for this generation. And I just somehow, I mean, it's like, it's terrific, but at what point does it become, you know, I mean, I, the reason that I'm excited for Nintendo is because Nintendo has created some of the games that I love best of any, of any console uh, ever and of any manufacturer. And they've, uh, I've got a lot of fond memories with Nintendo games, but at what point does it become like, okay, Nintendo, I really want, I love, I love, I love the fact that you guys are succeeding in what you're doing. And I love the fact that you guys are, doing a great job as far as you know financially but at what point does it become the the you know where it's like you're not making games I mean you're succeeding but you're doing it in a way that it's I mean it's not what I had come to expect it's I mean so last year's E3 the really the best thing we got was Animal Crossing City Folk which I mean if you've played the game you know it's just like Wild World, except not portable. 
I mean, there's a few little extras, but I mean, let's, let's be honest. It's pretty similar. So I think in light of, of all this, it's hard to say with Nintendo, I really wish you, I really want you to do well, especially when, I mean, you hear about so many other, these companies releasing such cool games. I mean, um, you hear about Assassin's Creed two, a game I'm very excited for, cause I really liked Assassin's Creed one. And so, um, you hear about Assassin's Creed two, you hear about all these, all these really neat games and let's not, let's not say that the Wii doesn't have anything that's coming out that's pretty neat as well. Um, certainly a shooter that's sort of been highly anticipated that's coming out for the Wii, uh, the conduit, um, you know, that's, that should be an interesting, that should be an interesting game that's coming. But really I'm interested in seeing what Nintendo's going to offer up at E3 as I'm sure all of us are. And Reggie Fisame was talking with Jeff Keighley at game trailers and I'll say one thing about Jeff Keighley and I've all, and everyone sort of, I mean, a lot of people probably agree with me a lot, but I never really liked I never really, I mean, I'm not a big fan of, of Jeff Keighley's. He is kind of, to me, in a way, seems like almost stuck up. I've seen him before at E3, and it, to me, almost seems stuck up, and I'm not, look, he's, he's, he's very successful. That's that's really cool. But one thing I will say about Jeff Keighley, and this is, and he's, and people say he gets too chummy with, with guys like Reggie, because he always, you know, he has his little tournament where he's playing a game against Reggie all the time. But one thing I will say about him, and this is kind of a nice thing, is that he's able to maybe press Reggie a little bit farther than most people. I mean, I, and I can understand what it's like. I interviewed a um, Nintendo's executive vice president of corporate communications at E3 2006. And I mean, when I, when I asked a question, there's a certain way of asking questions. And I've learned this in retrospect. And I wasn't, I was not this good when I was doing the interview, but I remember in retrospect thinking, okay, there's a certain way to ask the questions when you get the answers, because otherwise if you ask the questions just straight up and you say, so you guys are going to are doing this. Can we, do you, will there be X, Y, Z in the future? And what they'll usually say is we haven't announced that. And so, but you really have to step back and you think like, well, well, duh, yeah, I know I'm, I, I host a Nintendo podcast. I follow your news. Like I follow only your company. I know you haven't announced it. That's why that's part of the reason I'm doing an interview, but you're not going to say that back to the EVP of corporate communications. But there's a certain way to do it that I think you have to have kind of, you have to have the guts to do it. And I think something about Jeff Keighley is that since he is sort of on a first name basis with, with Reggie, so to speak, even though everyone calls him Reggie. Um, I, I think he is able to perhaps press questions in a way that most of us couldn't like, he's able to say, Oh, come on, Reggie. Oh yeah. That's a bad answer. Oh, you know what? Okay. Reggie heads, you release a new Zelda tales. You don't release a new Zelda. I mean, he's able to do stuff like that. He didn't say that stuff, but you know what I mean? He's able to press stuff a little bit harder. And so we got Reggie to really say that, you know, we're going we're gonna to try harder this year. And I think that, that that's kind of good because I think it at least presupposes that Nintendo didn't do a very good job last year when they say we're going to try harder. Now, I don't know for sure, but um, I'll just assume that's what it means. And I, I'm really, I really am hoping for a blowout E3. I don't see what Nintendo can do. I mean, if they're not going to... Going to blow us out of the water this year for E3, I don't see really what what they could uh, say that they're offering this year. I mean, because a fan, a Street Tracks, it looks like it could be, it looks like it could be good, but I just don't think that they're, they don't have that, they don't have that title I think that everyone's really being, getting excited for. And so people have asked about Spirit Tracks saying like, well, does this mean we can't have a Zelda game on the Wii? I think it doesn't. I mean, to, to me, there's no doubt that there is a game in development on the Wii. I don't, I don't think they're going to wait until um, their next console, the 
their sixth console before they decide to release another another Zelda game, particularly because the first one wasn't even it was really a GameCube game and it's the development had started, you know, long before, you know, I mean, think about how early the development started on Twilight Princess. I'm not saying these games are created overnight, but I am saying that with games like Twilight Princess, we have to we have to remember that it was really a GameCube game originally. It does look like a GameCube game. Granted, looks like a great I mean, graphically speaking, looks like a great GameCube game, but hardly takes advantage of the Wii controls. Um so I think we need to remember that I shouldn't even say hardly takes advantage, but it really was meant to be a GameCube game. Um, so anyway, I think we have to remember that this is one of the early, and also it came out on launch day. I mean, this is one of the earliest games out. I think to say that we're not going to see another Wii Zelda doesn't make any sense to me. I'm sure we'll see one. Whether or not we'll see it at E3, I mean, I would really hope they would at least show it. I, I said I really think that they could have even had probably had a trailer or something ready at last year's E3, unless they really weren't working on it, which is a possibility because these guys like Miyamoto have been working on, um, well, you know, other projects which I I won't name, but they a lot of them have the word "we" in them, and a lot of them have the word "fitness," a lot of them have the word "sports." Um, I mean, I think Nintendo's going to have these casual games that are going to please people. I mean, look, at uh, Wii Sports Resort is coming out. But I think what they really want to start showing is these games that are meant aimed towards the hardcore gamer. I mean, the feeling I got at E3 2006 was that, okay, we've got a few games. Uh, here they are. There's Wii Sports Resort. It's a completely casual game. I mean, that's the category it falls into. We're going to show you a whole bunch of first-party casual titles. We're going to also talk, of course, about our sales and how well we've been doing. But we've got a few casual games, and it was a very lighthearted performance. Um, I mean, think about looking the way Cammy Dunaway was almost very condescending to the to the to the to the audience, but that's how it was, and it was very lighthearted. And what they really were saying was, I mean, if I had to give you a synopsis of E three oh eight, I would have said, okay, there we have a few. We all we had we had quite a few casual games that we are going to be releasing as a first part as first parties. We have. A few games, we have we have a game, um, Animal Crossing, uh, City Folk, which is sort of a redo of a of a game that you know real Nintendo fans do enjoy, but it is kind of a lighthearted game, and it's not something that it's not something that defines Nintendo as you know, who they are, but it is a game nonetheless that is a Nintendo title, and then we're also but then we're also going to have a few core titles, but really we're not the ones working on that. That's really more. Um, that's really more Take Two or or um or EA, who is going to be handling those. So I think um, when it comes to E three this year, I think we we should expect to see something out of Nintendo, but in the way of, I mean, it's something. It's got to be something a core title because I think last year they basically were able to shirk the responsibility and say, okay, look, we'll we'll let, we'll let the third parties handle it. But I think Nintendo. Um, despite their popularity or whatever, I think they really can't rely on the third parties to do it, especially because the third parties that are developing these games, unless they're exclusive, we exclusives, like we're looking at, we're talking about games like Mad World and games like The Conduit, unless they're we exclusives, let's be honest, they're not going to do them right. But take, for example, Assassin's Creed. Assassin's Creed is a game, that, I mean, the second one. Um, it was announced, or I don't know, it wasn't announced for the for the Wii, but the, I don't know, someone working at, someone at UB. Soft was talking about 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 
how the game will be coming out for all current generation platforms. To me, that implies the Nintendo Wii as well. Now, I will not be buying the Assassin's Creed on the Nintendo Wii. I will be buying it on the Xbox 360 because a game like that just lend, I'm sure when they're developing it, they are developing it with the idea of the core gamer in mind that fits the Xbox 360. And unless they are coming up with a, with a Wii game exclusive, with a Wii exclusive that is designed to take advantage of the Wii, I don't believe that core games are going to particularly shine on the Wii if they're just done by third parties. Um, so that's not of course always true, but multi-platform games, I, I find myself more and more whenever the game's multi-platform, not buying it for the Nintendo system, always buying it for the non Nintendo system, which would be in my case, the Xbox 360. So just to reiterate, I, I don't really think that the possibility of a, of a Wii Zelda is completely out. Of, it's not out of, we're not talking about something out of the question here. Really what it is, is that Nintendo just needs to well, they got to release something. If it's Mario, I don't know. If it's Zelda, I don't know. It's just it's really about Miyamoto's mood. Of course, I sort of prefer a Zelda game, but um, it's really up to Miyamoto, I suppose, or whoever's going to be developing the game. But like I say, a few things people want out of a Wii Zelda is they want orchestrated music. They don't, you know, any number of things. And I think that's doable all on the Wii. Um, and people want, some people want voice acting. Some people don't want voice acting. I mean, it is... It is amazing what people want, and it's amazing to see. Uh, I really would be interested to see what direction Nintendo takes the Wii Zelda in uh, Twilight Princess. I think, to be honest, I know people say like, people might have differing opinions, but Twilight Princess basically was a pretty formulaic approach to the way Zelda has been um, in this. Maybe perhaps a bit darker, which I kind of which I liked, uh, but um, but you know, we'll see. We'll see what they do, and it's up. It's it's up to them. All right, well, I think we've talked about Wii Zelda long enough. Um, other big announcement, probably the biggest, well, not announcement, I mean, it's just, we knew it was going to happen, but probably the biggest thing that currently that we're, that's going on is that the Nintendo DSi has been released, and I actually have my DSi right here. Let's see if I can, if I can turn it on here, hear the startup sound. Let's see, I'll do that again. Well, anyway, you get the idea. Um, so I've got my DSi here. Very low, the speakers are pretty good. And, um, the DSi, I have to say, it has a few little, few little things about it. Um, I'll just give you my quick little review about it, but basically it came out, um, I didn't get it till about a week after its release because I got it from Best Buy. It's okay, that's what I had, the gift certificates and I... I just pre-ordered it from there and got it off their website. It wasn't a big, particularly important purchase to me. Um, it's supposed to be, what is it, 14 or so percent smaller than the actual, uh, than the DS Lite. Um, there are a few little changes to it. Um, the volume adjust buttons are now on the left and right, or on the left side. Uh, there now is, a, of course, two cameras is the main feature. I'm now in the camera mode here. Um, and there's a camera also on the outside. And um, you can use either camera. Um, let's say it's not not a very important. Feature. I mean, I, I've seen I've yet to see it particularly well used, but um, its screens are a bit bigger. It has nicer speakers. I mean, I'm just listening to it. Of course, one reason for that is that you can now up. It now takes an SD HC card or an SD card, and you can put it on on the side. I've got an eight gigabyte card in here. Um, one advantage to using SDHC is you can have over four gigabytes in the device. 
I haven't heard of any particularly good homebrew for the DSi anyway yet, but I think certainly it'd be nice if you could just load something straight onto an SD card, and then that would be the end of it. Um, but I haven't heard of anything yet. So let's see what else. The power button has been moved to the inside of the unit. Um, the buttons are a little feel a little flatter. Um, one thing I will say about this unit that's a little bit different. I'm not sure if you, yeah, you could probably hear it. I mean, I'm sort of intentionally playing it, but one thing I will say about the unit that is a little bit different is, um, is that it's been finished, and this is sort of the thing that bothers me the most. It's been finished like with a matte finish. The DS Lite was a, um, was a, um, was it sort of a glossy finish on the outside? And I, I don't know. I just don't like the feel. Listen to this. Almost makes you cringe when you just move your hand around the thing. So I mean I'm not a big fan of the matte finish. Um, the screens are a little are, are a little bigger, although it's hardly noticeable. I'd say unless you can um, put it side to side with the DS Lite, and of course I think that's largely because they're really not improving games any and at all. I mean, the games themselves are 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 really they play as DS games. So if they stretch out the screen too much, I and mean, really what they're doing is they're just they're really just making their games look grainier. Um, there is also now. There are more settings. Uh, one thing that's nice about the DSi is that it now supports WPA, Wi-Fi encryption. Um, but there's a little caveat to that. I mean, the reason I say that is because WPA is a little is more secure than WEP, which is what it had supported if you want to encrypt your Wi-Fi network. But one little caveat, I mean, like the Wii, it does support WPA. But unlike the Wii, any games that, like say Mario Kart DS that use WEP, that were for the original DS, will not actually work with WPA. It's a little weird because the settings for Wi-Fi are built into the games, and so they cannot use WPA is what I've heard. But this will use WPA too, and it you know it, it works very well. Um, I, I like it because it's more secure than WEP. WEP has been cracked. WPA has not been cracked. So it is a good idea in general to have your network switched over to WPA. Um, the only things that WPA really works for is for things that are unique to the DSi. So, for example, I haven't even used the sound channel yet. Mm. I haven't used a lot of the channels here, but there's a, there is now a DSi shop channel. And, of course, they have DSi where they don't have a virtual console type thing. This is the music for it. So... One thing that's kind of interesting about this channel is, of course, is just the DSI, the DSiWare. Um, just like WiiWare, they allow people to publish content. Um, although I don't think, I mean, it's not completely free. You kind of have to, I think, go through a screening process that Nintendo goes through. Um, and I think we've seen this become very a very successful thing with Apple, with their App Store. But um, we'll see if Nintendo's able to pull off the same sort of thing. I mean, I'm just looking at the shop channel. I mean, not a lot of content is being added. Um... The newest things now are mixed messages. I actually, they recently just, it's kind of nice about Nintendo is that they're going, they give you a thousand uh, Nintendo points, which is about, which is $10 uh, worth in the United States. And you can go and download what you wish with, with that. And, you know, it's up to you. And so I've downloaded a WarioWare Snapped. And then they also released Dr. Mario, which is cool. I mean, I, I really liked I, I like Dr. Mario. I mean, who doesn't? Who doesn't like Dr. Mario? Um, so I, I have downloaded Dr. Mario as well. Let's see what we got here. 
it says Dr. Mario Express. I, I, I haven't played Dr. Mario in a long time, so I don't actually remember what the difference is. Between. It doesn't seem like there's that many differences. It still has the, the mode that I remember. I mean, the classic mode. It's got a versus mode. I think it can be done over... Oh, no, sorry. Versus C, it has a CPU mode, but I don't know that it actually has a versus. Another human mode. Um, so, like I say, there's a shop channel, which is pretty nice. Um, there is sort of like the we sort of return to the home screen function. It's not as tedious to get in and out of programs. You just press the power button once kind of quickly. If you hold it down, it turns off the unit. But if you press it really quickly, it just takes you right back to the DSi menu. Of course, the usual stuff like PictoChat is still there, and it'll all still work with old DSs. Um, they have a the Opera web browser. It's available as a free download. Um, and uh, I've got WarioWare Snap. They have a few little things. Of course, it's kind of nice. Uh, you can have, you know, it's got internal storage on it. Um, you can put games on there. Of course, you can copy things over to your SD card, put music, put photos. Anything on the SD card as well. Um, so that's kind of nice. But uh, overall, the DSi is... Um, I, I personally, I really did... I do. I, I, the DS Lite is certainly a bigger improvement over the DS Fat that more so than this DSi is in any sort of improvement over the DS Lite. In fact, in some ways, I like the DS Lite better. For one thing, this thing does not play Game Boy Advance games. There is no Game Boy Advance slot. I mean, they've they've just said, okay, look, we're gonna shrink it down another fourteen percent or whatever. We're not gonna be able to fit this um, this game cartridge. And they're still developing the DSi. In fact, they just uh, DS Lite. In fact, they just released a new color apparently. Um, so it's not a dead thing. I'm of course the DS Lite is also less expensive. It really, what what remains to to be seen with this DSi is whether or not developers are going to do anything with it. Um, if developers are allowed to and do release good content for the D, for DSware, and really, I mean, I say a lot of it is probably also revolves around homebrew. Um, this thing does ha is more capable than the DS Lite as far as actual capacity. So I'm not sure what sort of things, uh, not capacity, but you know, processor. And it's actually just technically, as far as specifications go, a little bit more advanced. To me, it feel they both feel like very good units. The battery life on both units is about is pretty similar as far as what you know what I've noticed. Um, so, I mean, it seems like it's all very nice. If you register the DSi on your, uh, you can you can connect it with your my Nintendo with your club Nintendo account, and uh, you get six hundred uh, coins. In the United States, I'm not sure how much you get. It. I'm sorry, not six. I say six hundred. Is that what it was? It was or was it 160? Oh, I don't know. Um, no, six hundred is how many you need to be platinum. You just yeah, okay. I think you only get 160 if I'm not mistaken. Um, at least I'm trying to remember how much it was. I think it was. I think it was 160. But yeah, you get you get 160 coins. Um, so very good way to get coins. Pretty simple to do it. You just give them your serial number. Then they as soon as you connect to the shop channel they will uh, award you your 160 coins. Um, but of course, Club Nintendo hasn't had very much, very, very, very much interesting stuff here in the United States. So, and as I know, the same holds true in Europe. So I'm not saying necessarily that it's, that should be your incentive to go and get a DSi, but couldn't hurt. If you, if you have one, you might as well register it. Um, so the DSi is kind of neat, but to be honest with you, part of the reason, a big reason that I bought the DSi was because, like I said, gift cards, but also that I, I didn't want it, I felt bad carrying around my DS Lite um, because I had had it 
autographed by Charles Martinet, the voice of Mario, Luigi, the, you know, those types of characters. He has a few other voices um, at Comic-Con one year. And I thought, well, look, I mean, I'm carrying this thing around and I don't, I really would prefer if I just could kind of not retire it, but not take it out of the house or um, just keep it where I, where I know it's safe. So that was part of the, that was also part of the reason of getting a DSi. And of course, I'm really interested to see what the developers and what the homebrew guys do with this, with this platform. Um, I think that's going to be what's going to ultimately be most interesting. Oh, one, one other thing um, about the, about the, uh, it's actually it's unrelated to the DSI. We're off the DSI right now. Um, about the forums, lithcast.com, I never had not mentioned the lithcast forums. Um, lithcast forums, of course, are where you can go and talk about anything Nintendo. We've done a huge, a huge overhaul, overhaul of the forums and we got a new theme, we got a whole new board arrangement, um, a whole bunch of new, we're now using Simple Machines Forum 2.0. It was a big, it was a big, it was a big ordeal. I guess I can, I can talk a little bit about it. Um, but basically I, I've sort of been tossing around the idea of doing a forum, you know, board compression. Cause we had a lot of message boards, a lot of different places people could post things, but there were so many, so many categories and, and there still are quite a few categories, but not nearly the number that there were, uh, before. And, um, so, One one thing that's, well, I guess one thing. So I decided, okay, we're gonna we're gonna change around some things. So now if you go to lithcast.com/forums, a few things are different. Um, so, you know, the theme's different. We're not using SMF version 2.0. I really have to thank um, I forget what his, the numbers after his name are, but Metallica over at uh, SimpleMachines.org. Of course, I've gotten to know him through the Hylia because he also helped work on uh, as a developer for the Hylia's forums and he's a Nintendo fan and he's also one of the like a simple machines forum you know god I mean so his help in upgrading to version 2.0 was extremely helpful it's not that I needed to upgrade to 2.0 because I just felt like it it's not 2.0 actually it's, it's 2.0 RC1 so it's not even a stable version but the thing is there was so many utilities in 2.0 that allowed me to make these changes that really and 2.0 has been running pretty stable as far as I can tell, um, it's messed up a few themes, but we have a new theme and it's very nice. So, um, once again, Nintendo has, wait, this has nothing to do with Nintendo at all. Lithcast forums, they're looking good. Lithcast.com slash forums. Got a far fewer boards. Basically, now we've got it down to a few things. We have a Nintendo category, which is general Nintendo DS Wii and anything as anything not anything other any other systems we're going to call retro there's general gaming and there's a general category Gen general gaming so we're talking about assassin's creed 2 right now that's the current mo newest uh, new newly updated topic um fan art technical support reviews of, of games it really can be anything um but let's just stick to games or i mean really it's sort of a general thing i don't have exact rules for for that, whether or not it is a only Nintendo, I mean, it's not really only Nintendo games either. It's any kind of game. It's gonna be any system. General discussion, spam. We used to have a spam board. Okay, um, I'm not gonna get into this whole thing about the Lithcast manifesto. I've, I wrote up a Lithcast manifesto, and let's. And with the, the Lithcast manifesto, the point of it is is not to be scary or to have a, a creepy document that's going to rule the world or anything. It's just the idea was that I have a few policies at Lithcast that are quite controversial among people, and. 
so I really just went through the controversial policies and explained them. It's not a rules thread. It's just it is just why I do certain things as far as rules. And I can explain a few of them. Uh, they, they, the three main ones were why I don't allow politics uh, swearing or oh something, and why I'm why I'm also getting rid of the spam board. I haven't gotten rid of it. What I've done is that I've I've locked it, so it's now a read only message board. Because we have like ten thousand topics in there, eleven thousand topics. I think people would get a little annoyed if sorry, eleven thousand posts. I think people would be a little bit annoyed if we just delete outright deleted all of them. So, <clears throat> so anyway, that's that's just that's just main, that's the main reason that we have I've kept it and, and what we're then we're using it we're moving things into that board as if just to show people like what you shouldn't do on the forum so it's also being used um much like if you go to the highlight.com it's if you use their forums uh it's a lot something called the like the evil jar or the jar of evil evil jar I forget which one it was uh it's sort of that purpose but decided to get rid of spam Mostly because it's just it was really encouraging people to to post stuff that was really pointless. I didn't think it would work from the beginning. There's a lot of reasons. There's, there are more reasons. I'm not going to explain all of them, but I didn't really think it was going to work from the beginning. I I did it anyway because I said, well, okay, people want it, and I look, I was willing to try it. It would like create a lot of posts for the forums. I mean, numer- look, I have to admit, <clears throat> if I was someone who was only concerned with the numbers and really just wanted to post big numbers for the forums and just get a lot of posts, I mean, the spam board was terrific because. It was able to, in a very short amount of time, almost match what general discussion has um, in the way of post count, and because it just had it just had vol. I mean, it was just very the velocity of that board was just really very high. So it it, it was a good way for the forums to get posts, but on the other hand, I mean, I just felt like it wasn't a great board, and I didn't really think it was going to help. And I think people got really pissed over the spam board. People would get into petty arguments over it. And then, as far as no swearing goes, I've always just believed that the point of this—the point of the swearing—it comes from my own sort of upbringing. The point of the swearing is, there's, of course, there's there is no need for swearing. I mean, you can say what you need to say without it. I mean, now I will, you know, I, I would look. I, I I acknowledge the the expressiveness that comes about with it sometimes. Um, you know, if you you know if you know about like Yiddish, I mean, it's a very expressive language because there's a lot of ways to to swear in it. And, you know, um, so I, I can acknowledge that, but what happens though, is that it really, it really, be, it really lowers the, it lowers really the whole, the whole discourse and people really only swear. I mean, this is my philosophy. People, people, unless they're like with their friends or whatever, they only do it because they want it because they, because the intellectual merits of their, of their arguments are not sufficient. And so what they have to do is they have to, they have to flame or they have to swear. I mean, so you, they've basically, they basically conceded the argument to you and this, and I don't see why, I don't see why I would allow that this, these sorts of, uh, of, of, of words to be used, especially because I mean, people are just going, I mean, you know, why we don't really need swearing. I mean, it doesn't, it's not necessary either. So why I don't see why I allow it. And the last thing is political discussion and, this is perhaps one of the most controversial, if not the most controversial thing that I don't allow. Um, political discussion, of course, comes from partially also my upbringing where it was all about, you know, don't discuss politics outside your family. Well, it's not that you people don't have a right to free speech. And of course, I realize that free speech is one of the most important rights we have. But the reason that I don't, well, for one thing, we should get one thing straight, is that Lithcast, the forums are a great place to be. Um, the forums are one of the best places I have ever had the privilege of being able to, it's a, I've had a, a, it's been a huge privilege to be able to run the forums 
and to know all these people that I know through the forums. We have some really amazing and intelligent people and people who really are very passionate about Nintendo and about other things. And so it's really been a privilege, but I will, I do have to say that, you know, and I invite all of you to join the forums. It's a great place to be, but it is not by any, it is not in its mission statement meant to be a, a, a domain of free speech. It's just, that's just not what it's meant to be. And because of that, of course, I mean, people think like, well, you know, you should allow political discussion. Well, it's like, yeah, but you're, you're assuming that I'm trying to run a country here. I'm not trying to run a country. I'm trying to run a forum. And the purpose of my forum is not to be, is not to allow free speech. I mean, that you, I mean, I will say it completely with a straight face here. It's just, it's just not the point. I'm not, and I'm not saying this is the only way to do a run a forum, but it is the way that I choose to run Lithcast. And I think it creates a really great forum. So, I mean, you can say whatever you want. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not angry. I'm just sort of sound that way. Um, you can say whatever you want, but the fact at the end of the day, lithcast.com's forums are really, in my opinion, one of the best forums I've ever seen. So, you know, say whatever you want. Um, the other thing is, but the reason I may, I mainly don't do it is because I just remember, um, from a while ago, if you've ever talked, I mean, I just, I just remember with examples of my, of my own friends and this was, uh, you can think of, you know, you talk about and these people, you know, these people you've known for years or people that, you know, you think really care about you that you really care about and you'll be talking about them and, think you, and if they're politically opposite of you, you know, you'll be talking about them and you'll say like, Oh, I, Oh, did you hear politicians X's speech? yesterday and be like yeah I heard it it was really very flowery and it was really pointless and blah 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 and and they'll be like they'll say something like you know well I mean they they will literally your own friends could can really I mean I know you say like well you know, your friends will get over it eventually because you're friends but only your friends I mean over some politician that you don't that does not care about them in the least they've never even met and couldn't like I say couldn't you know, wouldn't give the time of day to this person. You know, your friend may very well start to say, well, well, what, maybe I can't be friends with this other person. And it just, it's funny because, you know, you're, you're talking, this, this is about, I'm not saying it's not important stuff, but I'm just saying people will, people are over, are far, are, are overly judgmental about the, about issues of politics. And it's, if, if that wasn't the, the error around it, I would not ban political discussion, but that is, that is the way that I see the way I look at it. So perhaps I'm not saying that Lithcast will never be a free speech ent- enterprise in that regard, but at this, at this point in time, it is not that. So, so anyway, that's just how it is. But the Lithcast forms, the new changes are really, really slick. Um, version 2.0 of, of SMF is really neat. Um, and of course, we're also upgrading the main website uh, of lithcast.com. We're switching over to a content management system. Um, that's why I haven't been posting anything up on the main site, just because it's it's because it's, it's so tedious to do it the way I, the way I set it up, and it was <clears throat> a bad idea from the start. And uh, I have a few regrets about how way, way I handled it. But anyway, you you live and you learn, I suppose, when it comes to things like uh, whether or not to use content management systems and and uh, things of that nature. So, um, anyway, I guess that's all I need to say about Lithcast. Um, so we can, let's get, let's get to some read some, some, uh, listener mail. How about that? Um, uh, let's see. I'm not sure. Do we, do we even have any? Yes, we do. 
Okay, let's see here. So our first question comes to us from So Sam UK, Sam Rose. Uh, he's written us several times. He actually was a moderator of Spam, although now that Spam is no longer a board that we're actively using on Lithcast, um, he's not a moderator. And he actually, I think he he, le he left the forums, which of course, and I really, I'm going to miss him and Dr. P, you know, his, his good friend. I, I really do hope that they'll be back. Um, you know, regardless of spam, hopefully Nintendo will give them both reason to join back in. I mean, one, one reason they both cited, I think for leaving was because Nintendo just has been not giving them anything to talk about. And Nintendo, I need these people back. You're killing me, Nintendo. I need you to release some good games so that I can actually have some reason for Sam and Dr. P to come back. Um, okay. So um let's let me think here oh he was he's referencing um <clears throat> something that i had mentioned back in last lithcast where i said uh, you know europe has tended to get games later and i thought well couldn't they just you know, if they wanted to make the localization faster couldn't they really just take american games make them and then use that localization because i mean i i would just i guess what i'm saying is I, i've i have never had the experience where someone who's british has not been able to understand what what I'm saying or what I've written down, just because I write it in American English, I, I we the the languages are are similar enough where I think we can understand what is being said. And so, and assuming that, I mean, I guess what I'm saying is anyway. Um. So I mentioned well, okay, well since the U.S. tends to get these games a little earlier, maybe it's because it's a bigger market or whatever. Uh, why don't they just bring those over to to Europe and then just let and just let them use those? I mean, use those translations. I mean, or use those um those localizations. So let's get to his letter. It's the Queen's English or nothing. I'm waiting. I'm willing to wait years for games as long as color with with the U is spelt with a U. L O L. I can't believe it takes Nintendo so long to translate games from American English to the Queen's English. Most of Nintendo's games don't even have much text in them anyway. Mario doesn't speak, Link doesn't speak, and speak. Not many Nintendo characters actually speak, and the only one I can think of is Professor Layton and Luke, but Luke's supposed to be English anyway. Come on, Nintendo. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> and of course he says, long live the Queen, as always. Um... Eh, good point, but if you're willing to wait, go ahead, wait. <clears throat> okay. Um, let's see here. I'm trying to think here if I... Did, I... did I play this? I might have... I might have already... See, I, somehow I just have a feeling I've already... See, this thing is, I might have read this already, but it might have just been on the other podcast. <clears throat> Anyway, I'll read it again. It's from, this is from um, Adam. And he says, Hello there, man. It's finally good to talk to you. I've been listening to the podcast for quite some time now and finally decided to send you an email. I really like the podcast. It's funny. I look forward to the next... It's funny. I look forward to the next episodes. Can't wait to hear your tangents and conspiracy theories. Good times. The Nintendo 64 unboxing was so dope. I can't believe you got your hands on a new one. And for $30, you got a deal. I've been looking around... And haven't seen one for cheaper than a hundred. <clears throat> I've always wanted one of the Pikachu editions. I never even really liked Pokemon that much. 
I remember seeing the edition up high at toys on the Toys R Us shelves and really wanting one, even though I never played a Pokemon game. Blue and yellow, nice. Those are the color. That's not not the versions. Like those are the colors of the N sixty four. By the way, <clears throat> I've played Pokemon Snap though. I found it a few years ago at Toys R Us, brand new in the box for only two dollars. Can you believe it? I knew a new N sixty four games for two bucks in two thousand and five. My wife loves that game. We used to play it all the time when we first got married. I, lo- I live in the Bay Area, California, about 10 miles west of... Okay, this is a little weird. Okay, just to give you an idea, a small... Just to give you an idea of where it is. Small town called Rodeo. I'm 26, married for four years, and my son Lawrence just turned two. I have a Wii and a 360, old school consoles too. My wife has an NES near mint, or an SNES near mint condition. <coughs> I have a few quick questions I hope you can help me with. Um... He basically his questions are about well okay I'll get to this I guess they're they're not really questions I can help him with but we'll read them anyway I have a few cool questions I was hoping you could help me with oh, that's too bad I want to mod my N64s <laughs> I'm gonna make a Wii edition painted wh- painted white and switch out the red light for a blue one hopefully I was wondering what kind of tool it takes to take the console apart oh actually I do know this also a few short a few shows ago I thought. I thought I remember you take, talking about a website that has Wii mods and whatnot. Do you think that'll be a good place to look for a blue bulb to switch out the red? I thought you might be a good person to ask. I'm also looking to start collecting 64 import games from Japan. I saw a how-to on YouTube to how to do it. Um, I'm also trying to get a Pikachu system and the, and the gold one. My dream would be to own the disk drive. Oh yeah, the disk drive. I haven't had much luck trying to convince my wife to let, letting me spend 500 bucks on it, though. Oh well. Anyways, dude, it was awesome to finally talk to you. It's good to finally talk to you. I hope to hear from you soon, um, Adam. Um, well, okay, so here's here's the deal. Um, this You actually did ask me questions I sort of knew. Um, the, the, the mod site, first of all, that I talked about was a, was a website called sickmods.net. And sickmods, I mean, they're, they, do, they, they have a few little interesting things, though I'm not so sure that they will have what you want. Although, actually, um, let's see if I can find this here. They do have, if I'm not mistaken, LEDs. That 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 they would have. <clears throat> but so that that, that actually I think they do have. Um, they do sell. L, L, yeah, they do sell LEDs. Although actually no, wait, no, they sell an LED LED boards. So I'm not so sure if they don't. It doesn't look like they sell any LEDs. But anyway, um, and then also you also you also mentioned that you wanted something that would be able so you can get Nintendo to take apart the consoles. One thing about Nintendo consoles is that you'll notice that no screwdriver quite fits into their into their closures. Um and it is kind of a pain. Unless they intended you to take it apart, it almost never they almost always use a certain screwdriver type and it's called the Tri Wing. Now the Tri Wing screwdriver is available at sickmods.net and of course they, they, they have something that they make something called the Pulse VU for the Wii that lets you control the lights or sync up the lights on the Wii to your music. Um, so that's kind of a neat little thing, but they do offer something. It's, com- it's something called the Tri-Wing screwdriver, um, or you could just search eBay for it's called It's called T-R-I-W-I-N-G, um, and they're very inexpensive on eBay. I mean, I, I, have, a, I have a Tri-Wing screwdriver, and this, this is a nice um, thing to have. Um, I'm looking here at... I mean, I think only Nintendo uses these, but I'm looking here at, um, I see they have them here for, um, you know, for $2. I mean, and I think Sick Mod sells them for, 
only i mean i haven't seen anyone else other than nintendo using tri-wing screws but i guess some, some other people probably use them but they sort of try to use these because they're a little bit more um obscure and so that people don't uh you know you you know open up their systems when they don't really want you to so yeah just look for those two things um as far as you probably get an led board at sick mods and then probably just get the leds at radio shack um that's i guess that's what i would recommend um so i i think i think that'll probably that probably that should help um is there anything else is there anything else you wanted to know uh it's really neat that you're going to try doing all that with your um with your nintendo 64 i i don't have i don't really have the uh have the the nerve i not the nerve but i think i'm not really not really brave enough to uh to do that with my n64 and then actually one thing just one other thing um he sent me another email adam howard did and he said dude what happened to your podcast it's been like four months almost four months now i love your podcast and i've been looking for the next podcast are you okay is everything cool the new microphone sounds dope use the word dope again crank out a few more man i need my lithcast homie i can't believe you got that pikachu 64 for only 30 bucks new you're so lucky man whatever just had just had to read that again so that's how that is um so that's all. I think that's all. that's actually that's all the mail we have. If you want to send me an email, though, please do send it to uh, uh, Daniel at lithcast.com and um, I'll be sure to read it here on air. Or um, if, you know, if you have any other questions, please do send those. Of course, you're always welcome to join the forums lithcast.com/forums. If you want to give me a, give out your um, anyways, wait a minute. I'm not sure if you still you think you still have to give out your contact info. Anyway, um, so that's, that's good. Let's see. Is there anything else we need to talk about? I think not really. Um, nothing, I mean, nothing, nothing major, I don't think. Um, so I guess we can end Lithcast right about now. It's only been about an hour. It's been about an hour and 10 minutes or so. Um, so this is probably a good place to end it. We talked about a few things, talked about E3, Spirit Tracks, DSI, Wii Sales, Forum, the Forums, Spirit Tracks, um, a lot of stuff to look forward to. I certainly am. I'm excited for E3. Oh, one more thing about E3. I forgot to mention it. I forgot to mention this. How could I forget this? Um, so E3 2009 is going to be held in Los Angeles this year again. And we registered here at Lithcast. This is the most, this is the most, it has to be the easiest year I've ever, it's ever been to get in because we're in, I have my registration confirmed, so we're, it's good, we're at least going to the trade show, I don't know if we're going to be at the Nintendo press, uh, press conference, that's a separate registration, I hope to be there, um, but, uh, no, no guarantees, and then also no guarantees that we're actually going to stream it live this year, because, I mean, it's, it's a real, it's a very difficult thing to do, and, um, you know, maybe we'll stream it live, but it's, it is a pain. You have to wait in extra lines, uh, a little more rushed. So there's a lot, there's a lot, a lot of benefits to, to streaming it, but they're at the same time. I'm not sure what we're going to do. Really? I'm not sure. <laughs> so hopefully we will stream it, but if we don't, uh, don't kill me. It It is very, it's not difficult so much just that I mean, well, actually, it's difficult. We take a lot. Of, we take extra equipment, and it doesn't always work. And then I've got to get an EVDO card. But we'll see. Also, I've been extremely busy. See, if I wasn't as busy, I might have more time to plan ahead for this. Um, 
so don't hold don't hold your breath uh, don't hold out for it there are plenty of other live streams anyway um and of course we still might live stream the pot the um the press conference if well we have it we're not we're not even in yet so i'm not counting any, anything at all but i assume we're going to get in like we have every other year so um so anyway okay podcast listeners um it's at least good to hear we're going to be at E3, so that's that's cool. Um, so that's this is I guess concludes our 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 current episode of Lithcast Lithcast forty nine. Um, please take a look at lithcast.com, l i t h c a s t dot com. Um, all the links to everything I've talked about today are going to be in the show notes. Um, the show notes are, are bundled with the audio file that you get, and like I say, go lithcast.com slash forums to join our forums. You can send me an email, daniel at lithcast.com, if you have a question or comment about the show. Um, and um, anything, is there anything else? Of course, please go to our, uh, join our folding team, folding.stanford.edu, download the text GUI screensaver client, and type in team number 45501 when prompted. Of course, also, if you have a PS3, we need you PS3 owners because the PS3 is just an absolute, I mean, it's, 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 it's an animal when it comes to folding protein. So you can donate um, work. We're called work units, and of course on your PS3, you, the folding at home client should already be there. You just need team number four five five zero one. Make sure you can don't just donate those and just have them become al- unallocated. Allocate them to the Lithcast folding team, and um, I think we'll be all we'll be all set if that happens. Um, so as always, Lithcast listeners, this is Daniel Friedlander. Um, I look forward to seeing you all at the next Lithcast. Hopefully it'll be one that happens a lot sooner than this one. And, um, and hopefully we will, well, hopefully we'll talk. We'll talk, we'll talk soon. I hope.